Welcome to Workhorse Show Pony, where we highlight the work behind the show of today's top entrepreneurs, freelancers, and outliers. I'm your host, Mariah Owen. Giddy up. Hey everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Workhorse Show Pony. This week, I get to sit down and chat with Lisa Bodenberg, who's a helicopter door gunner pilot with the U.S. Marine Corps and made history for women everywhere as a crew chief. Not only is she absolutely extraordinary at what she does, she's an elite athlete with her eyes set on the Olympics, a Team USA boxer, bodybuilding champion, motivational and fitness and nutrition coach, and owner of Liberty Bell Fitness. Pretty sure she's Superwoman, and uh, I knew from the moment that I read her story in this awesome book called Walk in My Combat Boots by James Patterson and Matt Eversman that my dad actually got me to read, I knew that I had to reach out and message her. You know, even just to say thank you, the fact that someone like this exists, uh, that she she exists, it's, it's incredible. And um, she is so wildly humble. And uh, we, we chat about everything from her journey to mental health to you know, goals, what that looks like, her daily routine. I, I'm so proud of this episode and I really, really hope that you are just as inspired by her as I am and that you enjoy listening uh, and know that you, you can overcome anything that you set your mind to. And tomorrow is always a new day and we always have to be grateful to live where we do. Um, huge shout out to everyone who has served or is currently serving. Happy Memorial Day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, here's the episode. Lisa, hey, hello. How are you? Hi, I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me here. I'm very excited. Uh, me too. It is an honor to have you here. Thank you for your service. And thank you for just making time to chat with me. Um, for, for those at home who are listening and aren't familiar with you and your story or haven't read Walk in My Combat Boots by James Patterson, uh, could you give us a little intro on yourself? Uh, sure. Yeah, you you've nailed it. I'm I'm a United States Marine first, uh, first and foremost. I'm a helicopter door gunner with the Marine Corps. Um, I'm an NPC bodybuilding champion and USA boxer, and I do motivation motivational fitness and nutrition coaching. So that's that's actually my full time job. But um, yeah, I have a plethora of things under my belt that have gotten me to this point. So you're basically superwoman, is what you're saying. <laughs> not by a long shot. <laughs> well, you are to me. Um, I I'd love to hear, you know, how did you get into your field, into your position? I know because, or I know a little bit because of, of reading the book, but, uh, I would love to just hear how you got into it. Yeah. So are you referring to in the Marine Corps as well? Yes. So, um, I remember it, it's, <laughs> kind of a long story, but um, I remember being in my junior year of high school. And at that time we had learned about like every other country's history. And then it wasn't until our junior year that we finally learned about American history. And I just remember feeling this overwhelming sense of um, pride, this overwhelming feeling that I needed to earn my place to live here. Whereas I feel like oftentimes many people feel like it's their right to live here. Um, and I just don't feel that way. I felt like I needed to earn my place here. And not only for me, but for those who can't, because the military is not for everyone, but I knew it was for me. Um, and so that's kind of when my journey began looking into the military. And I, I knew immediately I wanted to go into the Marine Corps because um, it's just the Marine Corps is very prestigious and it's known for being the most difficult, most prestigious branch. And I wanted that biggest challenge that I could get. Um, but I promised my brother that I would look into every other branch. So I did, I went and looked into every other branch and then I came back and I said, I still wanna be in the Marine Corps. Um, so that's kind of where the journey started. Amazing. And I, you know, you were the top of your class, top of all of your challenges, which we will definitely get into uh, in, a, in a little bit, but you know, how, you know, obviously you're an active member of the Marine Corps right now, but how did you also then start to transition into bodybuilding and, and boxing and, and starting your own business with Liberty Bell? I think, you know, I, I hear your story and I hear everything you do. And I'm like, how does she do that? <laughs> does she sleep? Does she have time? Like, how, how was that transition for you? Yeah, I, I it honestly was just all 
kind of something that I stumbled into. I didn't, I never ever in my life thought that I would be a business owner. It is in fact, so many people growing up had told me, you know, throughout my years that I should run a business. I should run a company. And I always said, I will never own a business because I'm not good at math. Like I know that's the silliest example or like the silliest thing to say, but it's the truth. That was like my biggest fear. I would never be able to be a business owner because I'm really not good at math, which is still very true. But um, yeah, I I ended up um, getting out of the Marine Corps in 2000, the end of 2010, beginning of 2011, um, but not by my choice. I, I had some injuries from Afghanistan and I, I had to get out and kind of figure out life at that point, which was really, really difficult just because it's not what I had planned to do. And um, I went through a lot of struggles. I went through a lot of personal struggles, financial struggles, just kind of figuring out where I fit in in this world if it wasn't in the Marine Corps. Um, so I went back to college and I used my security clearance to work for the government in another capacity. I was totally miserable and I was very well off at this point. I had a house and a boat and I was making good money and had really great benefits, but I was miserable and you really can't put a price tag on that. So I remember driving home. I was living in Baltimore at the time and I was driving across the key bridge and it was like the day before my birthday, I think. And I was sobbing and I, I knew I was never going to be able to continue doing this job. Um, I loved my company. I loved my boss. I loved my coworkers, but it just wasn't satisfying my soul. And so I went to work and I, you know, I told them what I was doing. My boss knew right away and he tried to get, he tried to get me to stay. He offered like a crazy amount of money and a different position. And I just, I was like, I'm, I just can't. Um, so I went to the gym and I was, I had a trainer at that gym and I was just kind of venting to him. And I said, I quit my job today. And he was like, what? Lisa, I would love to have you on my team. And that's where my journey began. I had always been into fitness. I had always been an athlete. I had always led Marines to be better at the, their PFT or whatever goal they were doing. I was always trying something new, but I was never as serious or as educated as I am now um, in the fitness world until it, it really started there. So that's when everything kind of changed. And I started really getting into what drives me, which led to me getting the experience of a gym and then becoming certified and then becoming a nutritionist and becoming a bodybuilder and losing my first bodybuilding competition and learning from that. And then going back the next year to win the whole thing. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that, it wasn't really by choice. It was just, if you just really just listen to your heart and you realize you only have one life to live and I feel like a lot of people have this drilled into them where they have to graduate high school, then they have to go to college, then they graduate college, and then they have to get a, a, a job that's his 20-year career, and that's the rest of their life. What if you're miserable? So you, that, you know, and you just, I don't feel like you have to do that. You don't have to follow this cookie cutter life. I've had so many jobs and quit and started a business and thought I would fail and had a miserable job and had jobs I loved. And I was a bartender and I loved it, you know? So you don't have to have one job your whole life. You can do whatever makes you happy as long as you're responsible and you're a member of society that's giving back and, you know, just adding growth and value to people and to society. You don't have to do this cookie cutter mentality. So absolutely kind of long, a long, a long answer long-winded answer to your question but uh no I love it and I think it's so important because as you said we only have one life and yet think about the lives you've already lived like you've lived lifetimes you know and all these different careers and capacities and the people that you you know you've worked with or you've met or you've known and it's it's so fascinating to me because you know especially in regards to this podcast you know we're we're highlighting you know the 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 best entrepreneurs, freelancers, and outliers under the age of 45. And it, 45 is still quite young. If you're thinking about it, that's usually when people are getting to the peak of their career, or, you know, they're kind of experiencing like, oh yeah, life is good. And that's when you're supposed to be comfortable. 
you know, so to speak. So it's, it's so fascinating and it's so rewarding and refreshing to hear a different mentality because I, I believe that I don't want to live the same life day in, day out. Absolutely not. You know, we have one life and it's interesting because to, to, to me, at least people who have experienced significant loss or challenge, um, or have had to overcome more than the average person or have seen, you know, uh, a lot more negativity or experienced trauma than the average person typically have that outlook on life of you only get one life. So I'm going to go out there and live it versus people who have never experienced anything. They're the ones that are most likely to stay within their, the, the confines of the life that they've been told they can live. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think even from a very young age, whether I fully understood it or not, (laughs) now I might date myself a little bit, but if you go back to MySpace, I remember like my quote under my MySpace picture, my very first quote, which is now still the quote today on my Facebook profile is that tomorrow is promised to no one. And if you truly understand that, then nothing should stop you from truly becoming the person that you want to become. And that doesn't mean it's ever going to happen overnight. That doesn't mean it's ever going to happen at all because we're constantly growing and learning and changing. And we should always be wanting to better ourselves. But yeah, just living in that 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 moment, that truth of that you don't know when your last day on this earth is. So why not do whatever makes you happiest right now? You know, obviously within reason, of course, but <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Living every day like it's your last. Totally. And I, I, I'm just so overwhelmed and fascinated by your perspective on life. And I think it's so important for people to hear it because it's true. And, you know, um, after reading, as, as I mentioned before, walk in my combat boots, uh, the book my dad had, and he was like, you have to read about this woman. She is incredible. And I was, you know, going through a rough patch a couple of weeks ago and I read it and I, it lit a fire in me immediately. So anyone listening, go find that book. Um, you know, but I, I really want to ask you how, how do you remain positive? You know, we, we oftentimes when we hear about someone winning or they're successful or they're thriving, you know, we, we hear about all the losses along the way. And I know that you've had hardships and challenges, but how do you find ways to talk about what you've experienced and what you've gone through? I mean, you've been in, you've been to Afghanistan, you know, what it's like to, uh, experience, war in a way that no, no one that I know at least has experienced. Um, and you know, to be severely injured and to be told you can't do what you love anymore. Uh, and yet finding ways to redefine your limitations. How do you, how do you talk about those experiences in a way that's empowering and not triggering? You know, it, it wasn't always easy to talk about certain things. And I, I, you know, Nowadays, I'm straight to the point. Like I, within the first time meeting someone, I have no problem sharing my story and telling people, hey, I struggled with depression and suicide and, and that's okay, you know? But there was a time where there was no way. I mean, there was years that went by where I was in my own head, in my own bubble, where I was like, I could never tell anyone my reputation would be ruined. I could never let anyone know, no one would ever look at me the same. Everything I've ever done would never ever come back to me. Like as if my life would end if I had ever even spoken of these things until it got to a point where it was either my life is going to end if I don't talk about it, whether I think my life is gonna end if I do. So it was to a point where it was you do or die literally. And I have a very strong faith in, in, in Jesus Christ and Christianity. And and that is where a lot of my, my strength and power comes from. Um, and whether you're a person who believes in a different religion or not at all, you, maybe you believe in the universe. I have a lot of friends who have something that they believe in, but we don't always believe the same thing and that's fine, but you've got to understand that there's something out there that is bigger than us. Um, when you realize that person is in charge and they are the ones that are making the decisions, you kind of understand, like, you're not that important. (laughs) You're not, you're like, uh, yes, we are important people. Like your life matters. And I always tell everyone that, but 
I'm, I'm, I wasn't that important where I was thinking that God forbid I have a sin or I have a downfall that, you know, my life needed to end or something crazy. You know, there's just so many other plans and other things out there that are meant to be and meant to happen in a certain way that you're not the one making those decisions. So how do you remain positive? I mean, I, it was, it was, it was hard, but I think once you learn how to cope properly, and now I'm like just specifically talking about depression and anxiety and, you know, suicidal um, thoughts, like just specifically on that, but even, even in any circumstance that I can think of, if you start to incorporate good, healthy habits, eating healthy, what you put into your body will be a, such a product of who you are on the outside, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, working out something as simple as getting those endorphins, getting your heart rate up, getting those endorphins to release. That's, that is a literal antidepressant. So what do you want to do? Do you want to go to the gym and get in shape or you want to sit on a couch and take a pill? You know, depends on your mood, I guess, but it's learned, it's learned behavior. And there's so many people who I think when we're, when we're born, we're naturally born with this negative mindset and this negative outlook. How many times have you sat back, excuse me, and said, like, oh, I don't feel like going to the gym. I don't want to go work out. Why though? Have you ever thought like, why don't you want to work out? Why don't we want to do things that are good for us and healthy for us? Because we're naturally like negative. We're, we have this predisposition of being negative and wanting to do things that aren't good for us. But if you can catch your thoughts, if you can recognize your mindset, like I'm thinking negatively today or I'm being pessimistic. You realize, hey, I need to turn this around. So it takes effort to be positive because our initial reaction is to be is to be negative. So if you can like recognize that and sit back and next time you're driving to work and you're kind of complaining in your head, you think, okay, wait a minute, maybe I don't need to complain. What can I do to fix this? How can I be a fixer instead of a complainer? So it's it takes effort, you know, just like anything. It's true. And it, it's... Oh man, it's just so refreshing to talk to you. And I, I need to find a better word because every time you say something, I'm like, yeah, spot on. It's true because it is, you know, so self-driven, but I also think in terms of the things that are challenging for us to talk about, the more we talk about them, the more likely we are to help other people. And whether that is with our depression, our anxiety, our mental health, uh, or about grief or about, um, you know, I, I can't even get over while reading how much sexism uh, you have experienced or gender inequality, you know, and, and that boggled my mind, you know, to, to see someone who was just so obviously succeeding in what you were doing and in everything you were doing, you know, it's not like you were like decent, you were the best every time you graduated, every challenge you did. So, I mean, in the face of all of that, how, how did you keep going? What, what was it in you? I, I'm just assuming you were just born with it, um, you know, but to keep going, to be like, you know what? Every time someone throws me this curveball, I'm just going to duck and keep going. What? Sorry. Yeah. And you, no, you, you make it sound easy when you say it. It's, and I, I didn't, I didn't have that mentality. I didn't have that you're going to throw me a curveball. I'm going to duck and keep going. No way. I had my ups and downs. I had plenty of times where I was crying or plenty of times where I was a mess, but I would never let anyone see it. I was very cautious with who I confided in. Um, and honestly, the amount of sexism or the amount of negativity or those, those people that I dealt with was actually very small. The number of people who were like that and actually treated me that way were so, so small, but they were so loud. They were the ones that were willing to take physical steps towards doing something to get me to quit. Whereas everyone else didn't care. You know, the majority of people were like, who cares? Can she do the job or not? I don't care what's between your legs. Can you do the job and can you meet the standard? But those very, very small people just happened to be the loudest. Um, and yeah, I, I, I would say that my biggest motivator 
is when someone would tell me you can't do it. And I can't tell you why I'm like that, but I find as I'm older, I don't have as much of that in me. I think when I was younger, I felt the need to prove myself. And I thought I was proving myself to other people, but now looking back, I was proving myself to myself. I never felt good enough. It didn't matter if I graduated at the top of my class. It didn't matter if I was number one in the PFT. It didn't matter if I was the best anything and everything. And that's exactly what I was doing over and over. It was that I was continuing to try to prove to myself that I was worthy and that I was good enough. And I'm so grateful that I don't feel that way anymore. <laughs> I'm grateful I did because I'm very proud of my accomplishments and look how far it got me. And I probably wouldn't be here talking to you today if I didn't have that in me. But I'm also very relieved that I don't feel the need to do that anymore. And I'm also very relieved that I have such a support system where they remind me of that. My superior, my, my gunny in my shop, just a couple weeks ago, we were having a conversation and I was kind of saying something along these lines of like, you have to remember, I have to be this way. I have to do this. I have to, et cetera. And he's just standing there smiling and he's like, but you don't, you don't have to prove that to us anymore. Not here. You don't. And that was such a small thing to say. And it was so impactful. I have goosebumps right now for someone who's my senior in the Marine Corps to look at me and say, you don't, you don't have to do that with us. That was huge. You are enough. Like you've already proven Yes, exactly. So someone else to validate that for me was timeless. I'll never forget that. That's amazing. And, and that kind of, you know, my next question to you was going to be, what was the turning point in your career or a moment or a moment where you felt like I got this, but it kind of seems that there have been so many of those moments and there probably will continue to be. And I think the shift between, um, that, I, that I'm experiencing right now in my own career of instead of proving people wrong, I have a lot of people to prove right because the more I excel and I, I'm, I'm making my own self proud, you know, I have a confidence in me that kind of similar to you where I'm like, I don't, I just woke up one day and I was like, holy, holy crap, I'm, I'm enough. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. And there are more people who have believed in me and who continue to believe in me than there have ever been who don't. You know, You're so right. And isn't that so beautiful and so refreshing? Because those small people, like I said, it was such a small number of people that didn't want to see me succeed. They were the ones that drove my decisions. But now you're 100% right. I have more people now that believe in me than ever that didn't believe in me. And I don't know when that changed. I think that's a part of life and a part of like this journey as we grow and as we mature. Um, but I also don't think that it will ever change to the fact that I will settle. Um, I, I can relax a little now, but um, I still have goals that I wanna make. I still have, um, we call them X's when you fly in, in the Marine Corps in our, in our aircraft. We have X's that I wanna go earn. I wanna be an instructor. I wanna be a next level instructor. I want to- I just to, got goosebumps. <laughs> there's still, there's always something, you know? And whether that's in your, professional life, your personal life, your civilian life, your military life, it does not matter. Never settling is something that we have to choose and we have to choose it every day. So the turning point, I, I can't really pinpoint it where I was able to finally relax, but never settling will something that will always be within me. I love that. And it's so important because I think people think that, you know, you finally get, you get your goal and now what? And for me, I've, I, I didn't really realize how many goals of mine I had already achieved until I took a moment and I was like, wow. Okay. Like, that's awesome. Now I have to keep growing and learning and evolving. Like what's next? Because everything that I've set out to do, and I think exactly like you, you know, everything that you've set out to do, you've accomplished, you know, you might not have got it the first time. Like think about with bodybuilding, but you know, it, I, I don't know how people live their lives without having new goals you know, and, and that's something that has just never made sense to me. Um, I, how, I mean, I feel like you, you, you do so much. Um, so obviously having a schedule is super important and, and finding that balance, but 
Is there anything that you do specifically every single day that's just for you, whether that is like a morning routine? Do you journal? What's, what's kind of like your go-to thing that you do every single day? That's tough. I have a couple things. I'm, I try to stay very regimented, but it's hard, especially when I'm uh, on active duty orders and I'm on a flight schedule. And sometimes I have to fly late at night. So I go in later in the day. So, you know, my schedule is kind of always all over the place, which is fine with me, but working out is, it's everything for me. It is where I clear my head, where I listen to my music. I get emotional in the gym. I can be literally like having I'll be on the stair stepper and I'm like, I I'm going to cry, you know, yeah. or, or deadlifting, you know, I could be, and it, it's just, it is, it is my happy place. It keeps me centered. It keeps me grounded. It keeps me focused. It keeps me strong, disciplined mentally and physically. Um, if I can't, if I haven't worked out, like if I go home to Buffalo and, usually I don't get a chance to work out when I'm, when I'm there. And it's been like a few days, you'll visibly see a shift in my mood. I'm a, I'm a different person. So, um, yeah, fitness has been huge for me. And if it's not fitness, it's music. Absolutely. And there you can, you can very quickly change your mood, even if you don't want to, but you know, you need to, you can choose a song and put it on and your mood changes. Music can be so powerful. And again, that brings me right back to whether I'm like praying to Jesus or just talking to the universe or whatever it is I'm saying, maybe I'm just talking to myself and giving myself a pep talk, but music can definitely be that, that motivation and that like source of inspiration to, to change your mood to, to help you. But I would say for me, it's absolutely fitness and then, you know, music. I love that. And I think it's so true. And I, you know, I know that you're, you were an athlete and you still are. And I think there's so many things that you learn in sport that I, I, I don't want to say I took for granted, but I didn't realize how they would affect me in my adult life every single day, you know, like that discipline, like being a good teammate that, you know, getting up when you don't want to, or, you know, I'm not saying that you should always push through an injury. Um, but, you know, I've competed on a lot of things I probably shouldn't have, <laughs> you know, torn ligaments and all of that. But, you know, um, that perseverance. And now I, I think of working out in my fitness as a privilege versus it used to almost feel like, what's the right word? I don't want to sound un, ungrateful, but it, it felt like a, uh, a task before or a chore, you know, because I when I was competing, I'm like... I I'm already training. Like, why do I have to go and work out again? And now I'm looking at it like, wow, it's a privilege to get to go and do this. It's a, a you know, look what my body can do after all I've put it through, you know, it, it's, it's fascinating to me. And every time that I, you know, get a new PR or, or personal best or something like that, it's, it's exciting. And it's, it's the type yeah. of reward. Yeah. It's the type of reward that I think like your everyday life just sometimes can't give you. Um, so I a hundred percent, you know, and I have a very unique perspective because, because I've had my guys who they don't have all their limbs. I have, you know, one of my good friends, he had to come back from Afghanistan. Thank God he came back alive and he's had, I think over 30 some surgeries, maybe even in the forties, you know? So what, 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 what is, what is his outlook on life? And, you know, after talking to him and, and I'll never forget talking to him, honestly, about what we went through over there. And I felt like I didn't have a leg to stand on because, you know, for my emotions, because I didn't go through what no, nothing near what he went through. And he stopped me right away. And he was like, you have absolutely valid. And we, we, there was three of us. It was myself him and one other guy who, um, he was a mechanic. So he never flew in the helicopters. He didn't get injured, but he still went through that with us. We all went through what we went through together as a squadron. And I'll never forget his name's Andrew. And he was, he stopped me right in my tracks. And he was like, absolutely not. He said, you have just as much as me or as this guy or as everybody else. We all went through this. And though we went through different things, doesn't make anyone's feelings less valid. So that was huge for me for someone like him to validate my feelings, but using his perspective and so many other service members that I've met that don't have those opportunities that you and I have, 
And Mm -hmm. even if you're not in the military, there's plenty of people out there whose bodies physically don't allow them to go running or don't allow them to do a pull-up or whatever the case. And then you have all these other people who complain that they can't go to the gym or their knees hurt too bad or whatever the case. And then they shove cake down their face. Well, you know, that's your choice. And if that makes you happy, if you think that's what makes you happy, go for it. But when you change your perspective, like you're saying of what I'm able to go to the gym, I get to go to the gym. I don't have to go. That's again, a perspective that changing your negative mindset and looking at it as a glass half full instead of half empty again. Totally. And it's, I, I mean, I was just so taken back at the top of this when you said, you know, when you first started to learn more about the military and how much you love your country and how you felt like you had to earn your spot here. And that's a perspective that I, I do not hear very often. I think, especially, you know, with younger generations and I I'm a millennial, I'm 26. And I, you know, I hear it a lot from a lot of my friends, the, the entitlement, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of bewildering because it's not just from the millennial or Gen Z generation. I think it, it's kind of widespread across North America that, you know, you should get the results with doing half the work or not even half. And it's, I don't know. I just don't get it. And, you know, I, I mean, I could go on and on about lazy people all day long. They drive me nuts, but, um, (laughs) you know, more importantly, uh, I I'd love to hear, you know, some of the, the new goals that you've set for yourself, you know, you've broken so many glass ceilings, not just within the military, but I think even, you know, while reading, reading your story in the book, my hair was standing up because knowing that you went through what you went through and not just, you know, by being an, a, an active person in the military, but dealing with what seemed like pretty bitchy girls, uh, you know, and dealing with, you know, all the, the setbacks and the challenges and the injuries and the stuff that you've seen, um, you know, you make me want to keep going in my industry. And I think for, you know, just as a little side note, my dad has made almost every single young woman on our street, you know, I'm, I'm 26. Uh, I don't live with my parents, but I go to visit them, um, to our 14 year old neighbor, to the eight year old across the street, read your story. So I, I I think they're as much as I think that I'm your biggest fan, it might be my dad just, um, but regardless of my tangent here, you know, you're an active member of the military. You are training for the Olympics. You are running your own company. Uh, you are also doing so much on social media. I don't think that you sleep. I think you might be a robot, but what, <laughs> what are the, the next goals that you have your eyes or more importantly, your heart set on? Is there anything that you haven't done yet that you're like, mm, that's next? Yeah. So my goals have drastically changed. I, I don't have goals the way that I used to anymore. My goals are um, definitely for my business financially. Um, business is very difficult for me. The act of helping others and what I actually do for my business is so easy. I love it. I'm so grateful when I get a new client because I get the opportunity to help them change their lives. And there's just nothing more rewarding than that. Um, but actual business, I'm very bad at. So I'm so grateful I have a team and they help me and I've had incredible coaches. So really growing my business and learning how to become a successful entrepreneur, if there really is such a thing, because we're always kind of changing the bar on ourselves. Um, So my goals for my business are totally, totally different than these other goals. Um, My personal goals, I always have a new fitness goal. Right now, I'm currently trying to drop weight. Um, I came up for a weight class and I've stayed at a specific weight. And now I want to see if I can lose muscle mass on my own body, which is kind of crazy because as a former bodybuilder and even my own buddies that I'm reaching out to for help and just how to the safest way to do this, they're like, why, why would you want to lose muscle? You've spent all this hard time working towards it, but my personal goals are different now. And I want to lose, lose weight. And that includes my muscle mass. So I'm working on that. Um, I'm working on writing my own book and I so really, exciting. yeah, it's, it really is honestly moments like today, you and I sitting here discussing this, 
that's what gives me motivation to continue to reach other people. I don't care whether I get to go to classroom to classroom because I've spoken to middle schoolers or high schools. That would that is amazing. Or whether I absolutely get the opportunity someday to st stand on stand on stage and speak to millions. Whatever the Lord has planned for me, I will be so grateful for because anytime I get the chance to talk to someone, if just one person, just one person in that crowd can look back and say, thank you. You inspired me to better myself. You helped me to go get help when I knew I needed to get help, but I didn't have permission. You gave me the will to create a new challenge and I would have never done this challenge or created this goal if it wasn't for, for, for you, you know, something like that, that's where my focus is. And right now that's, that's with my Marines. How can I take who I am outside the Marine Corps and everything I've accomplished outside the Marine Corps and bring that in as I lead my men, as I lead my Marines and how can I impact their lives? Not only with the Marine Corps, I, of course, I'm teaching them how to fly or, how to fix the helicopter or how to do your finances, right? These are like Marine Corps things, but how can I impact them to be a better leader, a better human being, someone who can give back to those around them? How can I impact their lives in such a lasting manner, the way that I feel grateful to have been impacted myself? So yeah, my goals are very different than, you know, running a 300 PFT like they used to be, or um, winning a bodybuilding show. Um, you know, they're, or winning my next fight, you know, they're very, very different now. It is, but nevertheless, as we, as we grow up and mature, you know, our lives, our lives change. So totally. And I think those, it's fascinating to me when goals change, it's almost like we struggle with the validity of them, you know, because our past selves wanted something so badly. And it's, you know, I, I think I have a different perspective on a lot of my goals now than I used to. And now it's kind of, it's quality over quantity. You know, you, you pick and choose what you want and, and the life that you have. And I definitely believe, uh, you know, I believe in a higher power and I believe that there's someone up there running the show and, you know, kind of putting us all in each other's lives and, um, giving us those situations that we probably wouldn't have asked for, um, <laughs> you know, but have benefited us in a way that, you know, put us on a completely different path. And so I, I'm so excited for you and your goals. And I, I think, one thing that I really want to touch on that I wanted to speak on earlier, you actually came back to the Marine Corps. You know, there was a special phone call or, you know, a, a meeting that I think is really important, you know, that uh, I, when I read that, it kind of reminded me of getting the opportunity to come back home. So I'd love if you could just mention that really quickly. Yeah, I, I had no intention on getting back into the Marines. I didn't think I, that I was able to. Um, and one day a prior service recruiter was really doing his job well and reached out to me and kind of convinced me. He's like, Hey, you could just, just try, you know, as long as you, they don't really look at your past medical history. It's kind of, you almost have a clean slate. It's what you could do now. Um, and several years had gone by and I had rehabilitated myself without even knowing it. Um, I couldn't run anymore after Afghanistan. And that's kind of how I fell into boxing. I had to find something to help me stay in shape. Um, and so I just fell into the sport of boxing. And along these years of bodybuilding and boxing- Sorry to interrupt I you. I love that you said I fell into boxing and you're a USA boxer. Yeah. I, <laughs> Sorry. I, so cool. I just, but that brings me back to my point where the Lord has a plan, you know, and that's not mine. And as long as I can remain a humble servant of his, you know, he's going to open the doors that he wants open for me and close the doors he wants closed. And now years later, that door that I loved so much being a part of was reopened for me. And I'm such a different person now. And maybe I wouldn't have been here. You know, my, the deployment that my men went on, the first one that I was, I was out for was a, a very, very difficult deployment. And maybe if I was on that deployment, maybe I wouldn't have come home. You know, you never know, you never know what, what could have been. We always, we just know what should be because that's what will be. But I, yeah, I, I, I'll never forget. And I, 
I went through, he convinced me to go through the process and I started doing all the medical paperwork and I passed the PFT with a perfect score again. And I passed all Navy medical standards and I got my, my wings back and the gunny at the squadron that I was going to go to called me up and he said, your reputation precedes you. Welcome back to the gun club. <laughs> I, hope, I want to make a movie about you. Okay. Like I got my wings back. Welcome back to the gun club. I'm sorry. Like I just see the poster in my head. I like a real true story. We laugh and joke about this, but watch five years from now. But, um, no, I, I think it's so important. And I, I love your story. And I, I, I know, obviously, you know, you, you've told it so many times, but it, it's, I don't think it'll ever, ever lose its, its sparkle in a way, you know, um, because it's so true. It's, you just, you found something else and you worked so incredibly hard. And yet, you know, I, I think sometimes when you, you really love something, you, you all, it always finds you again. I, I truly believe that, you know, there's things that I've loved in my life that I kind of stepped away from, or I left and I came back, you know, um, whether it's sport or it's life or even my career, you know, I, I started something completely different and, uh, unfortunately a teammate and a friend of mine passed away. And if he hadn't, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. You know, you realize life is short. You can only get one life and you have to make the most out of it. Yeah. I, Oh, I just think you are so cool. <laughs> you know, um, you. you know, it takes one to know one. So hey, thank you. we're here together for sure. Um, uh, you know, we've talked so much about, you know, you've been at the top of your class, all of these challenges, you know, you, you keep surprising even yourself. And, you know, I, I know that sometimes being a champion or being at the top of your game can be lonely, even when you have people who believe in you. Uh, you know, so learning to become your own best friend, an advocate for yourself, a teammate for yourself, and even sometimes a doctor for yourself, you know, figuring out what's going on. Um, it's imperative to your well-being and, and not just being an entrepreneur or, or someone leading in their field, but just as a person. So what would you suggest to someone who's finding it particularly isolating while trying to, you know, set those goals and achieve their dreams? You know, I think at that point, you have to look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, is it worth it? Um, because there's been roads that I've been down and realized this isn't worth it. And I didn't continue doing that, um, whatever that may be. Um, but there's also been plenty of times where you're right. You know, I looked back and, and I was like, this is, it's lonely at the top. And I say that, <laughs> I say that in many different facets. I say that in my dating life. I say that in my personal life. I say that in my financial life, you know, whatever the case is, but you have to look yourself in the mirror and you have to say, is this worth it? And if it truly is, then you have to be your own cheerleader. You have to be that person for yourself. And it does suck. I'm not going to lie. It absolutely does sometimes. But if it's worth it to you, nothing will stop you. And you have to remind yourself of that. And if you have to remind yourself that 10 times a day, then that's what you need to do. Because once you get to that goal and you turn around and you look back, you won't regret it. And it will be worth it. But if you don't have that fire and that drive to continue to press, then that's not the road that you should be on. But yeah, one thing that I learned and I wish I would have learned earlier is no one is going to serve you, protect you, provide for you or care for you the way that you will. And it's okay to put up boundaries. I was always raised and I kind of had it beat into my head that I need to be humble. I need to put other people first. I could never accept accolades. You know, I was always very, and I'm still to this day struggle when someone gives me a compliment, but I recognize when I'm giving someone else a compliment, I want them to just say, yeah, thanks. You know, so I've learned to do that, even though it's difficult for me, but it is okay. So whoever's listening to this right now, I give you permission to set boundaries, whether that's boundaries on your time, your, your personal energy, whether it's taking that phone call from someone, you know, is just going to tear you down or not do say good things for to you, whatever the case is, don't hang around the people that are not going to lift you up. Don't spend your time with people who 
are doing drugs or losers because you're going to do drugs and you will be a loser. You know, whatever the case is that you want to say, whatever you can pick and choose the, the situation or the scenario, but you are the sum total of the seven closest people you hang around. So who are you listening to and who do you need to cut off? Sometimes that might be your own family members, you know, and that might be a very hard decision, but nobody is going to put your best interest first, except you. And you have to make that decision to do that for yourself. Absolutely. And I think, I think once you make that decision, you find your people, even if it's really lonely for a little while on that journey, you know, if you've lost some spots and that, you know, the seven people closest to you, uh, you're just really creating space for new people or new opportunities to enter. And I think that took me a long time to realize, you know, and I think when you achieve success, and like you said, at one point, you know, you had a house, you had a boat, you had, you had all the things and, um, but you didn't, you weren't happy. You know, and it's, it's so fascinating to me because I think people check all the boxes and they're like, okay, I have everything. I should be happy. Why am I so lonely? And it's because it's the people around you too. It's the experiences. Are you doing the things? Are you living the life that, you know, you're supposed to be, Are you know, are you listening to your heart? Are you listening to those around you? And like you said, are they serving you? Are they, are you serving them? Like, is it a, a, you know, a symbiotic relationship? Uh, and if it's not, then you got to let it go. Yep. Absolutely. If you were not being superwoman slash, uh, Marine Corps slash, uh, Olympian slash USA boxer slash business owner slash, 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 um, what would you be doing? What field or job would you want to pursue? That's really tough because (laughs) I'm doing what I want to do. I'm living my dream. Um, I feel like I would be on stage. I just don't know exactly what, whether I would be singing or. What type of music would you sing? Country. (laughs) (laughs) I love country. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would be, I would, I would definitely be, I would be on stage somewhere where I would be able to reach other people, whether, like I said, whether it'd be singing or preaching or be motivational speaking, I don't know, but I would be, that's where I would be. I would be not under non COVID times. I would be traveling around on stage, speaking to people. I I just got goosebumps when you said that. So I don't know. I think you might end up doing it whenever we, (laughs) I think you will, uh, whenever we get to our new normal, you know, whatever that that is or what it looks like, I don't know yet, but Uh, I know I'm, I'm dying to get back out there and, and, um, even just to be in the audience to, to see stuff. I'll, I'll go to, I don't even like heavy metal, but at this point I'll even go to a heavy metal concert. That's how bad I want to go to a concert. I hear (laughs) you. So what, I mean, I feel like we've covered so much ground in, in such a short period of time, but you know, what's the lasting impact you hope to make in your lifetime, or what is it that you hope people say when, you know, someone's like, oh, who's Lisa Bodenberg? Hmm. That's, that is a good question. I just hope to truly be an example to others that they know that they can do anything they put their mind to, because there's so many people who don't get told enough that you can do it, or I'm proud of you, or, you know, you're, I'm in your corner. There's so many people who don't have anyone to believe in them. And you have a a kid who has this dream of maybe being president of of America and everyone's laughing at them. Well, guess what? Someone's going to have to be the president. Why can't it be him or her? Mm -hmm. That's what I always say to myself when people, when I started making these goals for myself, I remember one person very specifically would laugh. They would laugh at me and I would I would say, well, someone's got to be it. Why can't it be me? So I I hope to just leave, I hope to leave this earth a slightly better place with with people just being a little bit happier, a little bit more self-aware and and, and have confidence in who they are and their abilities because they are the only ones that are limiting themselves. It's nobody else. We limit ourselves. So if I can leave other people inspired and truly believing in themselves that they can do anything they put their mind to, I think that I'll, I will have accomplished my mission. 
I mean, I kind of already think you have accomplished your mission because uh, I'm inspired already, you know, and I think there's so many people who are, and I, I think that is such an incredible mission to try and act, you know, activate and serve every single day to, you know, leave this world a little bit better and brighter and leave people a little bit better and brighter than how you found them. And I, Lisa, I could literally talk to you for hours. I will have to have you back on if you will come back on later on. Um, but thank you so much for your time, for your service, for, you know, your open heart and your open mind and for highlighting your work behind your show, which makes you an ultimate workhorse show pony. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. It was truly a pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you. And if, you know, people want to find you online, how can they do that? Where do they go? My, the best place for people to chat with me directly is just go to Instagram, Lisa Bodenberg. Boom. There it is. And <laughs> totally. And, you know, so upcoming, you are, you know, obviously you are still active in the military. You are, are you taking on clients with Liberty Bell? Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually a reservist, um, in the Marine Corps. I accept active duty orders pretty often, but, um, yeah, my, my main job is my, is my fitness company. So I, I am not always taking on new clients, but yes, yeah, you can, everyone can reach out to me for, for performance coaching. So amazing. Well, now if you're listening, you know where to find Lisa. So Lisa, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I can't wait to see what you do next. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Workhorse Show Pony with Lisa Bodenberg. I hope that you are inspired and that you are all fired up and fueled up to go out there and do whatever it is that you are working so hard for. If you want to check out that book, it's called Walk in My Combat Boots by James Patterson and Matt Eversman. It is so many, uh, it's a combination of several short stories of phenomenal men and women in the military. Please check it out. Um, Lisa, wow. She, I mean, she's going to be someone that I continue to admire and, uh, you know, and, and be inspired by for years to come. So with that, thank you so much. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, share, whatever you can to get this podcast out. It means the world. And uh, until next time.